Dark Worlds Chapter 3 The Quest of the Green Statuette The first quest, sure, what'll that give me? Alistair smiles in a fatherly way. It'll introduce you to the world, you'll get the hang of the basic game mechanics, and when you hand in the quest, you'll get money and XP. I need money, that's normal. What about food? He shakes his head. No, you don't need to eat, but yes, you need money. You'll want to rent a place, buy items, travel. He puts his hand in his pocket and pulls out a large, white five-pound note. It's much bigger than the modern polymer banknotes. I studied the five-pound note. What's it worth in today's money, just for comparison? He strokes his chin. The average annual salary in London in 1927 is 160 pounds, so you're holding nearly two weeks' wages in your hand. There are about five US dollars to the GB pound these days. So I've got a week or two weeks' worth of money to set you up, yes. Where do I get this first quest? Alice suggests to the window and the traffic moving slowly outside. The wide world. Go for a walk. I peer out the window, shrug, then step over to the door. Hand on the door, I hesitate and turn. What's your second name, Alistair? Me, he smiles, and his smile contains an ocean of mockery. Crowley then gives a slight bow. You may have heard of me. I had some fame as a magician in those days. I know of him. A black magician, apparently. The wickedest man in England. He looks pretty harmless, standing there in his tweeds. I shrug and wave, going out the door. On the landing, I stop, experiencing the excitement of beginning a new life. Stepping down the stairs of the boarding house, the wood creaks with every step. I bump into a man wearing a waistcoat and white shirt, the collar open with no tie, looking as casual as if he lived there. He smiles and waits while I descend. Sorry, I say. No bother, Reverend, he goes up as I stand in the hall, examining myself in the narrow hallway mirror. The silver is slightly tarnished, but I see myself. Strange the game hasn't offered any cosmetic choosing of appearance during character creation. No chance to preen and spend hours on face and clothes, not like in most games. I stand there, gazing back at myself to see I'm totally bald. I reach up and smooth my scalp to see what it feels like, and a slight stubble disturbs my fingertips. I shave my head, I wonder why. I never thought of doing it in real life. And how serious I look with brown staring eyes and a narrow, slightly cruel mouth. But the strangest thing visually is, I'm wearing a clerical collar. I look down at my garb again. I'm dressed wholly in black, apart from the white priest's collar. I thumb the stiff starched thing and look at the door to the street and feel strangely nervous about it all. I wait with my hand on the cool metal handle. Street noises penetrate the wood, and through the frosted glass I see distorted shapes pass by. It's nearly noon on a fine day. I haven't checked the date. It's not hot, but I can't see my breath. Certainly, it's not warm enough to go out without a coat. This is London, after all. I look and see a long black coat with a black hat hanging from a peg in the entrance hall. It's a domed hat with a wide, flat brim. I remember from somewhere this is a Capello Romano, mainly worn by Catholic clergy. Then I laugh. Maybe my religious law skill filled that in for me. Even though I'm not Catholic, I take it and put it on. I button up my coat, then stand hesitant again. Really, I don't know what I'm frightened of. It's only a game. I tell myself not to be so foolish. Then I open the door and step out. People walk briskly by, men in suits, housewives out shopping. I see a woman dressed like a flapper further down the street. Then another, nearly all the men wear hats, homburgs and bowlers. The few hatless men have hair shining with what looks like brill cream. Old-fashioned cars motor down the street, rumbling and backfiring, but there are horses too. 
A cart with two blinkered horses nearly knocks me down. It's carrying sacks of coal, and dirty-faced coalmen sit at the front with reins. They're indifferent to killing me. Then comes a big red and white bus with an open top. Posters plastered on it advertise theatre reviews and Burton's menwear. The realism of the scene is amazing. Not only are there sounds and sights, smells and sensations assail me. I know these are conjured by the virtual reality engine, by microelectrical currents from the neural net cap I put on, stimulating brain areas through the skull. Most of our sense of scene in the real world is constructed from a modicum of incoming sensory information mixed with a whole bunch from the databank of what we expect. When we see bacon, we anticipate its smell. I look left and right along the street and I don't know which way to go. Alistair didn't tell me where the starter quest was. Maybe there's more than one. I turn right and walk with the flow of the crowd. A man coming my way tips his hat. Good morning, Reverend. My cheeks flush and I feel fraudulent as I reply. Good morning. The street is long and straight with tall houses on either side. They look Victorian. The sky overhead is blue with a few puffy clouds. A few paces tell me it's too hot for my coat, and I stop to unbutton it, though I don't take it off. I have some idea about the decorum of being a priest. I can't walk around in a T-shirt, not that I have a T-shirt. After a few yards more, I do take off my coat when the temperature forces decorum to give way for comfort. I come to a square on the right. An area of mowed lawn stands in the middle surrounded by bushes and a black metal fence. The bushes cluster so thickly it's hard to see in. I guess it's a shared garden for the occupants of the houses surrounding the square. Still no sign of the quest. How would I know it when I saw it anyway? Then, from among the crowd, a man catches my eye. He stands by the garden gate while pedestrians stream past. He wears a brown trilby hat pulled low, the brim tilted down. Blending him further into obscurity, he wears his raincoat with its collar up, even though it's not raining, and most bizarre of all, a brown handkerchief over his mouth looking like a bandit from a western movie. I turn and stare as I walk past. His glittering eyes meet mine and I break off the gaze, but his stare follows me. I have the strange impression he's watching me deliberately. When I'm ten yards farther on, I glance over my shoulder to see him still there, watching, making no move to follow. Fear rises, then excitement. This is a horror role-playing game after all. I look up at the road junction to see I've been walking down Bloomsbury Street. Hurrying on, I dart left onto Great Russell Street just in case the man is behind. This is a much quieter road, though still with its share of pedestrians and vehicles. The shops here are academic. There's a shop dealing in militaria, then a shop with a window full of Greek and Roman antiquities. The coding that must have gone into creating this level of detail for the game is impressive. The British Museum looms hugely neoclassical to the left as I walk down Great Russell Street. A wiki link pops up on my HUD. I briefly check it. The British Museum, founded in 1759 in Montague House, the first collection was put together by Sir Hans Sloane. I don't read it all. Instead, I stop at the corner and turn, checking if my stalker is still stalking. I can't see him. A policeman occupies a black box by the entrance to the museum forecourt over the road. Directly in front is the museum tavern. I glance up at the street signs. To my right is Coptic Street. I see it's lined with bookshops with a few cafes. Then I see a glowing golden goblet icon outside one bookstore. My heart lifts. That must be a quest giver icon. 
I forget about the man for a second, then, on instinct, I turn and stare in the direction I've come, standing in the middle of the pavement, ignoring everyone walking past, is my masked man. He's freaking me out, so I hurry down Coptic Street towards the quest giver. The golden goblet hangs outside the Atlantis bookshop on Coptic Street. The wiki offers me a history, but I don't click the link. Stained glass letters spell out the words Occult Bookshop Magic. I push at the door and a bell rings to announce my entry. The place smells of old leather and must. A balding man of around fifty looks up from making handwritten entries in a ledger on a counter by the far wall. He has greying mutton-chop sideburns and a fleshy mouth. He says, Hello, Reverend. Unusual to see a Christian priest in my shop. Not that you're not welcome. How can I help you? He slobbers over his words slightly as he speaks. I say, I saw the sign outside. Yes, we deal in occult and magic books. No, I mean the goblet. I'm sorry, the goblet. So the icons are invisible to NPCs. I clear my throat. Let's try again. I wondered whether you have any jobs for me. He guffaws. I thought you'd be busy enough saving lost souls for your dead god. I think I'd better play the role, so I interrupt. Christ lives, now and forever. Just so, reverend. What are you thinking? Cleaning? Odd jobs? Handyman, are you? The stopcock in the lavatory needs fixing, if for any use of that. At that moment, something activates on my HUD. I look up and see an option tree in pale red letters. Diplomacy, 27%. Seduction, 2%. Intimidate, 3%. Seduction is out, so it'll have to be diplomacy. An icon of a 20-sided dice rolls for an instant on the HUD and the word success flashes up. Instantly, the shopkeeper's demeanour changes. He frowns, as if remembering. Actually, there is something. Oh? He reaches down and opens a drawer in his desk. After a moment shuffling through paper, he brings up an illustration, hand-drawn and inked in green. On it is the most revolting image of a headed humanoid, or perhaps not humanoid, but certainly upright. Whoever made this must have had bad nightmares. I narrow my eyes to stare. What is this? A statue, well, statuette, actually. He gives a greedy smile, wipes his lip with his forefinger, and says, I'd like to get my hands on it. Then he puts his hands in the pockets of his trousers and waits for my response. Why? He scowls. He isn't as good-natured as he's trying to appear. That's my business. Will you get it for me or not? I guess I will. But how, I say? Where is it? He flares his nostrils. I don't know, Reverend. You're the bally investigator. Me, an investigator? I thought I was a priest. A swallow. The game's afoot. Okay, I'll get it for you. What's in it for me? A true man of the church, he sneers. I'll give you twenty pounds if you bring it to me. Twenty pounds is a month's wages. I'll do it. Of course I will. That's why I'm here. I nod. You have accepted the quest of the green statuette. Fifteen hundred XP and twenty pounds reward. Good. The shopkeeper sticks out his fat, damp hand, which I shake. Then he thrusts a picture at me. I pick it up and a message on my HUD says it is copied into my journal. I check my journal. There's a subfolder now named The Quest of the Green Statuette. When I select it mentally, it opens to reveal a copy of the illustration and a short journal entry saying that Carter Elliott, Atlantis Books, wants me to retrieve the green statuette. I guess as I amass further clues, they'll be written in the journal under that entry. While I'm there, I check my inventory to find there's not yet much of interest in that either, just my clothes and the British Library reading ticket I'd got from Alistair Crowley. As I've been standing there sorting through my inventory, I wonder whether the bookseller Carter Elliott will get angry I'm taking up time in his shop and not buying anything, 
but he's gone back to his ledger and is ignoring me. Really, how the hell am I going to begin this quest? I wish it was a manual, or I could browse cheats, but the only links on my HUD are to the game wiki. I turn to the door, opening it with a tinkle, but Carter doesn't look up, and I step out into Coptic Street. Out on the street again, I remember my stalker and pause as I close the shop door behind me. A tendril of anxiety snakes up into my throat as I glance quickly right and left for my masked man. But he's not there.